The podcast is back. The podcast is back. The podcast is back. That's right. It's just another Wild Guys podcast, and I am Dustin Jones. And you are here to listen to this beautiful po- Fuck this. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Wild Guys podcast. I'm so excited to uh, be putting this one out today. You're probably th- think- thinking to yourself, hey, it's Monday morning why is there a jog pod well that's because this little thing is going to be talking about some of the stuff coming up for tuesday and are you aware that tuesday is important tuesday is very important i know that if you listen to this podcast you probably would assume that i'm going to tell you to go vote democrat i'm not necessarily telling you to do that if you have a republican that seems to have a soul and decent moral values that you Phil is, hey, Nikki's here, by the way. Hi. <laughs> you held it together for about 55 I know, seconds. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep it and together then, any longer uh, than that. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. I couldn't. So midterm elections are on Tuesday. And this podcast, um, we're going to talk about politics. In, not so much politics necessarily, but youth voting and the importance of it um, with a very important person in my life. Uh, her name is Libby Eckhoff. Um, she's basically like my sister. Um, she's not biologically my sister, not by marriage, my sister, but we have a very close relationship by choice. Your sister. Correct. Uh, she is our people. I, yes. when I lost my sister, Natalie, um, Natalie and Libby were best friends and I didn't want to lose the closeness that Libby had to our family. And so I kind of took it upon myself to keep her close to us. So Having said all that, we're going to talk a lot about uh, youth, uh, politics, and the importance that they play, and the role that they play in politics for the majority of this episode, but so many people want to hear from Nikki at the top of the show. (laughs) Why? Why do you fucking people want to torture not only yourselves, but me, (laughs) by having to put her on? Hey, buddy, you want to be on the podcast? Can you speak? Speak. Speak. Can you speak? You can do it. Come on. <laughs> Close. He's almost there, folks. Anyway, so this is going to be a very important week. Um, so we're going to do two podcasts this week. Um, we're going to do this one that's out right now. Obviously, you're listening to it. Uh, then Nikki and I will be back um, with another podcast on Wednesday morning, talking about what happened on Tuesday night. Uh, will it? Will there be a blue wave? Will there be? A bunch of liberals crying. Who knows? <laughs> but we're going to talk about it, which does mean that I have to stay sober enough to podcast. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe it'll be a cocktail hour election special. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I have to work on Wednesday morning, so. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, Tuesday is very important. Um, so make sure that you're taking this opportunity to participate in one of the things that does make our country great and that's the ability to go out and exercise your right to vote for the candidate that you feel best suits the direction that you want this country to go because when you select a person to go and uh, vote when you when you select a person to go and represent you you're basically saying i'm entrusting this person uh to do what they think is best uh for our country so Take this opportunity to do that. I implore you. If 
you haven't done so already, go vote. If you have voted, talk to someone who hasn't. Tell them why it's important. Encourage them to participate in our democracy. And fucking vote Democrat. <laughs> Don't. Just vote. Look at the candidates. Do some research and figure out who best fits your belief system. And if that is Democrat, if that's Republican, do, you know... Let's fucking vote some good people in. How's how about yeah, how that? about we do that? How about we vote good people in? There aren't a lot of good people in no. politics though, so sad days. it's a tough it's a tough gig to find somebody that's good. But let's give the people something fun. Got to give the people. What do we give them? <laughs> give the people what, what they, they want. <laughs> God bless you, Jalen Rose. <laughs> um, so it is late Sunday night. Very late, uh, Sunday night. very late Sunday night. Considering the time change, it's very, very late. Um, but Nikki and I just got back from a concert, and we saw a, a band called Dawes, which some of you may know of, some of you may not. Probably most of you do not. One of Nikki's all-time favorites, and she was very excited to go see them. We went to see them in a small venue. There's like 500 people there was awesome and it was really fun and they played a really good show it was an evening with Dawes, so basically they opened the show played for like an hour and 15 minutes took a 15 minute break and then came back and played for another hour and 15 minutes and just crushed it That's what correct. was interesting though and i'll let you talk about your favorite band here in a second mm. but what was interesting is that they went to that intermission and the number of people that didn't come back I was shocked at the amount of people that didn't come back, actually. It was like... Like, I would say that... I mean, there... So, it's only 500 people in there. But I would guess that at least 50 people didn't come back. At least. Just from where we were. Like, over yeah. in our area of the floor. Unless they moved somewhere else, I guess. But Maybe. It, it, the floor seemed much less congested. Which was nice, because I could actually see some of the uh, right. actual concert from where we were. All the tall bastards moved out somewhere. So what did you, uh, did it live up to your expectations? Did it exceed your expectations? What did you think of the show? I thought it was awesome. Like it totally met my expectations in some ways exceeded and in some ways was a little disappointing. So not disappointing is the wrong word, but like there were. They left a little something on the table. Yeah. I feel like they did because there's at least two songs that I love that they didn't play, um, which I mean that happens and they're older songs. So I understand that. Um, but I feel like some of the jam bandy stuff that they did, which was good. I feel like some of the musicians they had on stage weren't really talented to pull off the jam bandy state jam band thing they had tried tried to do. Are there newer people in like did you Yeah, like some of the guys rotate around. So like the gotcha. the guy who was um doing like rhythm guitar and sometimes lead, um he's well, he wasn't there when we saw them in Walla Walla. Right. And the keyboard guy, I don't know if he's an in and out guy in the band. I, I think really only the drummer and Taylor, the singer, because they're brothers. Gotcha. I think they're the only two that are like core members. And then they've had some change. So this is, that. this might be a stupid question, but is their last name actually Dawes? No, I can't. Oh. I know what it is, but I can't remember. Good Lord. There's some will hardcore you, puppy jitsu going on. you fuck faces give me like five minutes? <laughs> hey. It's like come your bastards have been gone all night. And you come home and you don't even pay attention to us. I know, boys. All I right. know. The dog and the cat are going to fight. 
So <laughs> Nikki had a really good time, I think. I did. It With... was really fun. Like Jesus. Jesus. I'm doing a podcast. He's <laughs> <laughs> hauls ass into the living room. Oh God. Um I think what I love so much about them is that like their writing is really good. And so like the lyrics are really um, creative and thoughtful. The way they put songs together is very different than I would ever think of. And I'm very inspired by it. And so like I got all the things that I want in that, you know, like got to see them kind of jam together a little bit. Sometimes guys weren't pulling their weight a little bit, but it was okay. But like, just get to see them pull songs together and how like, cause Taylor thinks I, he does the majority of the writing or all of the writing, I think. And he thinks about music in a very different way than I do. Um, and so I don't know. I just, I love that. Like, yeah. So I, I was very happy with them. Um, they did not disappoint me at all. I will go see them every chance I have. Well, how that, did you feel about it though? How did I feel about it? I felt like, uh, it was a good show. Uh, live music almost always makes me feel better going out than when I went in. Um, so I was glad that we went, even though I was falling asleep. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Dawes and everything to do with it's the end of my long week with the uh, daylight savings coming to an end and everything getting switched around. Someone banging around in the kitchen at 530 in the fucking morning. No, I woke up at like... Four o'clock. On what, on what planet do you think that that wouldn't wake me up? You were already awake before no, I started. No, I wasn't. No, not when you were banging around the dishes. Oh, I was. Yeah. I was trying you, to be quiet. Yeah, well, you failed. Sorry. But thank you for moving the dishes around and making delicious pie. Yeah. Do you have pie? Like I, we do have pie now. <laughs> so I mean, at the end, it's fine. But uh, when you're talking about why I'm tired, that's why. But we've. Had a full day of music, and delicious food, watched some football, got a nap. It just made me more tired. <laughs> um, and we I recorded this podcast this morning that we're going to get to here in just a moment. But uh, like I said, Tuesday is important. If you are listening to this, participate in democracy. Go out and vote if you are not a terrible person. And not a felon in some states. Nikki, do you have anything that you would like to add to, uh, you know, democracy in action and it's a beautiful thing? If you are in Gilbert, Minnesota, you should vote for my brother for city council. Should they? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yes, they should. Yes, they should. Who's that guy in Arizona that like no one in his family is like they've all done active ads for the opponent? Is it like a Senate race or something? Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was a governor's race, wasn't it? Was Maybe it a, a governor's governor? race. Yeah, that was pretty like, great. His, every member of his family, like he's got like six brothers and sisters and they all got on like, don't vote for my brother. You should vote for this guy instead. <laughs> we all say don't vote. <laughs> it was something I'm in not Nevada. Saying that about it was my something brother. in Nevada, I think. Was it Nevada? I think it was Nevada. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway, anyway, it was really funny. Was that on John Oliver? Is yeah. That how, yeah, that was really funny. This is where we learn everything these days. Yeah, that's where we get our news from, basically. With that being said, once again, go participate in democracy. Go out. We get to, we are literally allowed to overthrow our government by going to the ballot box and making a choice to make our country better. 
So I implore you to go out and do that. With that being said, let's get to the meat, the heart, the delicious full entree of this podcast. I have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> what are you even talking about? I don't about? know. I'm trying, okay? The, the cat and the dog threw me all off. It's late. I'm tired. I want some pie. And I want to go to sleep. It's it's so hard. Let's go to the podcast. This is a, uh, a conversation that I taped uh, with Libby Eckhoff. Um, like I said, very important person. And I think you will be uh, pleasantly surprised with um, some of the stuff that she has to say. I think this is a really great conversation. And uh, just goes to show you that not all of these fucking millennials are lazy, whiny bastards. <laughs> so with that being said, what do you say? Let's go jogging. You have a unique distinction uh, being on this podcast as the only person other than Nikki and myself to be in my wedding. So, you know, congratulations, Libby, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Dustin. So It was a wild time. It, that, there was a wild time. You know, you really you were able to <laughs> let your hair down and really let loose when you were, what, how old were you 11. then? 11? 12, maybe. 12? It was 2008, right? We got okay, married in two. We got married in 2008, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was 10 years ago. Wow. So, yeah. So I was in 12. You were 12. No, you're still 11 though, because it was in June. You hadn't turned 12 yet. Oh, right, right, right. See, so I can do math. I might be old, but I can do math. You know, we didn't have we, we didn't have these fan dangled calculators right at our hand at our fingertips all the time when when I was young. You know, they've only they, we've only had calculators on our phones. You know, since I was like eighteen or twenty. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're so old. I am old, Libby. You and you'll understand. I know that uh, you're you're officially an adult now, which is very weird to think about that you. That I you're, know. I know it was it was weird when you started high school. It was weird when you got to college. It was weird now that you're old enough to officially drink. And now 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 that you now that you're officially allowed to drink, something you never had done before before you were 21. Um, right, exactly. Is do you find that uh you've 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 tasted the sweet sinfulness of alcohol and then moved on from you, you don't really need those sort of things in your life, do you? Oh, definitely not. No. no. They're bad. <laughs> pick pick up an alcohol habit like a good adult when you're in your 30s. You know, right, like when you. you've when you've realized that all hope is really lost and there's there's no meaning. There's no meaning in the world. <laughs> then then start drinking. I feel that sense of doom already. <laughs> so, I do. For the people that don't know, Libby and I have known each other since she was you know, knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> she was um, one of my 
Sister Natalie's best friends, and that's how she came into my world. Those of you who have listened to previous podcasts, of course, know that Natalie passed away. And uh, at that point, I kind of just decided that Libby was a very special person, uh, and I wanted to continue to to be a part of her life because she was a big part of Natalie's life. And so we've kind of continued this brotherly, sisterly relationship for all these years. Mm -hmm. And now you're in college, and... You're like becoming like a, an adult and you've gone on to learn all these cool things. And it's just a real weird time in the world. And you have grown up in like this whole shit storm. And so kind of let's, well, I guess first let's talk about, um, so you're, you're going to college and you're in lacrosse, right? Correct. All right. And so what's, what are you going to school for? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. So I am going to school for early childhood and middle childhood education. So I love children. They're a very important part of this world because they are the future. I'll be graduating in the spring. So that's terrifying. Wait, you're, graduate, you're graduating this spring? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a senior. No, you're not. Yes. I, I missed a year in there, apparently. Wait a second. Yeah. Let's let's pause for a second. Nikki, did you know that Libby's a senior? Oh my god. Okay. Jesus Lord. Okay. I need. I need. I. I wasn't prepared for it. this, folks. Folks that are listening right now, you you know that I'm rarely at a loss for words, but I'm a little I'm a little troubled by this point. So you're going to graduate now. You you're going to mm-hmm. get into education. So are you going to continue your studies? Or are you going to Are you looking to transition into like becoming a teacher? Are you going to like go for like a master's degree or some of that sort of stuff? Or what's your plan? So my plan right now is probably to teach for a couple of years and then go back and get my master's degree. My passion is with children and educating children and investing in them. Like I said, because they are the future, they're our responsibility. But also, I have this huge problem with authority. Right. So I always challenge authority. So I do see myself either going into like policy or administration of a school. Also. So, so I definitely do plan to go back and get my master's. So you're gonna go and get your master's? Like I here, not to put any undue pressure on you or anything, but I feel like you you are the kind of person that will end up like Doctor Libby, Matt. You know. A doctor of education sort of and like ruling well, and the, ruling is, is the I planet absolutely i love learning so the way to do that is to go back to school so it's kind of a terrifying thought but i'd love to do it yeah wait a second though aren't you one of these lazy millennial kids who doesn't like to do things i thought that's oh no i only have three jobs because i think it's fun oh okay i thought see wait a second now so you go to school and you have three jobs why are you I thought millennials were ruining the world and how you're disproving everyone's theories. That's such an easy narrative that why are you ruining the narrative, Libby? Why would you do that to old why you would know, you do that to old white people who have, you know, ruined the country and then blame it like on I younger said, people? Like I said, I do have this problem with authority. <laughs> where did where did your problem with authority start? I'm interested in this. You know, I'm not quite sure. Probably with my parents and then I had the this lovely teacher in fifth grade who I really liked to butt heads with. She didn't approve of my life choices at the time. Your life choices as a fifth grader. Yeah. 
What what kind of life? Well, you know, what life choices? And... Okay. Well, skipping school is but, bad. Well, <laughs> so they say. The school is an invaluable tool for them to keep you indoctrinated and into their bullshit, Libby. You know, you're right. And as a teacher, I do believe that also. Yeah. So, and that's interesting because we've, we've talked a couple of different times on my podcast with uh, I have a, a friend that I went to high school with that's a teacher in Oregon, and we've kind of talked about the education system and kind of how things are limited uh, in terms of mm. it used to – it seems to me like when I was a kid, like I actually feel and, – and Heather, my sister Heather and I actually talked about this on my podcast last week, that we were kind of in this interesting like middle point where like in the six, 60s and 70s, they were teaching like a lot of like they taught home economics and they taught civics class and they taught taught government classes and that sort of stuff. And my sister and I were kind of in this weird transition time where schools started they started to cut back on different classes and it was more streamlined into like, you know, just certain periods of learning. And then now you have kids now that are beholden to these like state aptitude tests where like teachers are basically given a plan to be like okay here's what you have to learn not so much to get you ready to go to college but to be able to pass a test right exactly i taught summer school to some second graders and i had to administer a pre-test and a post-test at the beginning of the school year and they had to understand that you had to select one answer and circle one answer so before I taught them the test, I had to teach them how to circle one answer. It's just ridiculous. Skills that you do not need. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. So is that – so you 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 did your teaching in Wisconsin or did you go back to Minnesota? I've done a little bit of teaching actually in Minnesota, in La Crosse, and in Milwaukee also. Okay. Now, are the – the requirements, the testing requirements, they're different in each state, right? Yes. Yes. So is it, is it, (laughs) it's, uh, is it more test focused in one versus the other? I'd say out of all the places I've taught, I'd say that Milwaukee was the most data driven and test focused because they were trying to show that what they're doing there is effective. Right. Because essentially what they're doing is what Betsy DeVos wants to do with the voucher system in Milwaukee. It's a microcosm because they're doing it there. Okay. I don't, I don't really know what that is. So can you explain what that is? I'm, I'm an idiot about this. So what's so I, all I know is voucher, Betsy DeVos seems like she's a total idiot and I don't want her in control of anything. But right. I haven't drilled down into specific policies about education that she's in that she is looking at. So they're, they're working on a voucher system that. So, uh-huh. A voucher system is where families of low economic status can apply for a voucher. And then this voucher allows them to send their child to school wherever they desire. A voucher pay, would pay for the child's tuition at a private school or a charter okay. school, magnet school, whatever. And it, doesn't work because then it drains all this funding out of the public schools because all these families think that these private options are better right okay so it's it's basically a version of the voucher system that republicans have been trying to pass for like 30 years exactly okay so that they're so they're doing like a test run of that program in milwaukee right now 
Right. And is it, how is that impacting the students? Well, Milwaukee is one I, one of the top 10 most segregated cities in the United States. So a lot of children of color are being funneled into these schools, then being told they're not good enough, you can't pass these tests, and then being told to leave the schools while these private schools get to keep the funding for that child. So they're trying to prove that their system is working by administering all these tests. Hmm. You know what I really hate about having you on my podcast already, Libby, is I realize how much smarter than you, you are than me. And it, no. Um, so how did you, where did you develop your love for wanting to be a teacher? Is it, did you have someone that influenced you when you were in school and it was like, hey, I want to do this? Or is it just a matter of you see uh, a need for good teachers and it interested you, what what drove you to want to become a teacher? Because a lot of, and now this is also a narrative that is out there, but may or may not be true, a lot of uh, younger younger people seem to want to not go into a field. They want to like create a job for themselves or they get into entrepreneur entrepreneurship and, and those sorts of things. They're not driven to, to find a, you know, a previously defined career path. So... What is it about that that uh, that made you want to be a teacher? What what decision? What led you to that decision? Um, I have had I've been very fortunate to have very great educators influence me throughout my K through twelve experience, um, as well as I knew I wanted to be a teacher in the third grade. I started volunteering as a third grader to listen to younger children read to me to help them develop their literacy skills because one of the best ways to develop your reading is to read out loud to someone else. Right. And at that time, I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. I love teaching people how to do things, helping them find new information in the world, as well as my mom works in education, as you know. Yep. And... I've found in my program at school here that teachers breed more teachers somehow. I'm not quite sure how that works, but the kids in my courses will talk about, oh, yeah, my parents are both teachers, and now I'm going to be a teacher, and my brother and my sister and my cousin and my aunt and my uncle and my grandpa and my grandma are all teachers. And it's just like, okay, I guess that's uh, a thing. Well, so. and, and does it seem like you see the impact that those uh, those people had on the lives of people because I think about you know people tend to t- people tend to downplay the importance of of teachers I think I, I think teachers play one of the most important rules and uh, roles in our entire society oftentimes mm-hmm. teachers spend more time with kids than parents do so you want to have people that are you want to have the best and the brightest teaching the kids like they're spending the most time with kids in their most important development stages of their entire lives. So do you think that it's that's part of it? Like they're seeing the impact that they had on people and so they want to do that or they're just they just see it as I don't know, just something to do. People who are going into teaching definitely aren't doing it for the money. So it's definitely I do think has to do with if your parents are teachers and you're deciding you want to become a teacher, I think you've seen the reach that your parents as teachers have had and that has influenced you in your decision so you're gonna you're gonna become a teacher soon i'm assuming that you're looking you know you're gonna start looking 
this summer for jobs. Are you targeting like living somewhere in Wisconsin? Or are you going to move back to Minnesota? Do you have a plan yet? Um, I definitely plan to abandon ship here in Wisconsin because it is, in my opinion, quite garbage. Um, <laughs> Wait, so actually, before, before, why did you end up going to school there? So I was in this admissions program for first-generation college students, and they help you apply and figure out your financial aid and whatnot. Right. Your mentoring program. And they made you apply to at least five schools, and I applied to seven. And I was kind of pressured to apply to UW-Lacrosse. I had no intent of going here at all. I kind of picked it by process of elimination. Any Minnesota or Wisconsin school is going to have a great education program for teachers, but I had a best friend going to every single other college that I applied to, and I didn't want to go to school with any of them. So I picked here. <laughs> so you... You did the thing that almost no one does, which is go to school without their friends. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Why? I figured it would either ruin our friendships or kind of thwart you from growing and meeting new people and learning. You're damn you, Libby. You're too. You're you. You think too. You think too well. You're too smart. You're gonna, really, you're gonna do. Backfired. You're gonna do things, kid. It backfired. backfired. Okay. Because I hate Wisconsin. <laughs> I love the people I've met here, but so, I hate this red state. So, what other what other schools did you apply for? Uh, probably UMD, Bemidji, um, Winona. I don't know. So you ended Carlton. up. So you ended up in Wisconsin, which now you have realized is a total dumpster fire. Um, and but overall, do you other than the fact that Wisconsin sucks, have have you found the program to be beneficial to you? Um, not exactly. <laughs> like I said, I have this problem with authority, right? And I think that it would be a problem wherever I went. But it's a very small, close, tight-knit program, and it's uh, they know me in the dean's office very well because I always ask a lot of questions. <laughs> so, so you're going to abandon ship and get the hell out of Wisconsin as, as soon as you can. So your plan is to go back to Minnesota then? Yeah, probably in the Twin Cities. Okay, where I'm sure they aren't. I'm sure they don't need any new teachers. Oh. There's just you, you know teachers teaching shortage? teachers are just lining up for all, the, all these high paying teaching jobs. Now that's you had mentioned earlier, teachers don't get into being teachers for money, and that's something that I think I've, I think every good teacher I've ever talked to has said, well, I knew I wasn't gonna get a lot of money going into this thing, so that's obviously not why I did it. But you also are starting to hear stories about how teachers are taking second and third jobs to, you know, to be able to make ends meet. Is that, is that something that you're worried about? Like how, how do you do this full-time teaching job where you have to give so much of yourself to this job, but also are you going to have to get another job just so you can support your teaching habit? I definitely do think that that is a possibility. I do know teachers currently who do work a second job in order to meet and to make ends meet. Yeah. 
and it's a little scary, but. You know what you should definitely do? You should start a highly profitable podcast because these things make tons of dough. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they I'm, do. I'm rolling in extra cash from my podcast. Actually, I think your pot, you could probably do a really super interesting podcast um, as a teacher. I know that we met um, – Nikki met someone through one of her nerdy murder groups that she's in. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this about my wife now, but she's super. She's one of these uh, middle-aged white people that super loves uh, murder and serial killers. Are you familiar with this phenomenon? Oh, you mean like my mother? I mean, probably. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, so she's in all these like Facebook groups about murder, which is weird. You know, they're all just talking about murder, but I guess. <laughs> I guess it's just a I guess it's just a way for them to like it's like-minded people and then I guess they talk about other things other than murder. But it's weird that all their common bonding is over murder. But we'll 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 That is interesting. We'll we'll delve into the psychology of that another time. But anyway, she have, she's met some of these folks and we've actually gone out and like gone to karaoke and gone to dinner with with some folks. And one of the ladies that I met is a teacher, and she had started a, a podcast uh, about education. And I don't know. She seemed like people thought it was interesting. So, you know, put that in the back of your brain. Maybe you'll become a super famous podcaster, Libby. Yeah, maybe that's, that's how I'll get the word out about it, my podcast. It'll be, it'll be Joe Rogan and then the Libby podcast. Gotcha. Good, good, good. There you go. You don't seem super excited about that idea. I don't know if I could funnel my energy into a podcast. I'd probably have more efficiency marching up to people and telling them what my problem is with them. That's one way to do it. I prefer to. I prefer to just. (laughs) I prefer to just blindly yell into a microphone and then hope that someone hears it. Rather than rather rather than face to face face to face human interaction is so like twenty years ago. So overrated. Very overrated. Uh, so this is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but like, there's like an election or something coming up. Is that uh, something that people in your world are concerned about right now? I'm definitely concerned about that. Um, yes, I am aware there's an election coming up. It, it's a pretty there's big There's a lot of. In the college town, there's a lot of getting, trying to get college kids to vote because we're millennials, so we obviously don't care and we don't vote. Well, statistics actually bear that fact out. So there is, there is, there is reasoned concern about getting uh, young people to the polls. And I do see also because um, I'll ask people, like, what's your plan on voting next Tuesday? How are you getting there? Are you registered? And they'll tell me, especially because of our current state of politics, oh, well, they'll say, oh, well, I don't care or I can't, I don't care about politics. They're not interesting to me. They don't affect me. I just don't know what to do or who to vote for. It's like, okay, but the internet? <laughs> the, the problem, though, is the internet is, has, is such a great tool for information but you have to you have to have the ability to decipher 
what information is factual information Fact and what crap. information is just some wackaloon uh, thought up in his basement or what some whack job talked about on his podcast. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I, are you? Do you get the sense that there are more kids at school that don't care and aren't going to vote than than you've seen that than maybe you saw two years ago, or is there more people that are aware and are going to vote? So because it's not a presidential election, a lot of people are confused, like, what are we voting for? I don't understand. I know that voting is going on because I'm seeing all this stuff about voting, but I don't understand what we're voting for is what I'm hearing a lot of. Right. So I don't know if I'm going to. And because in a college town, you move basically every year. So you have to re-register to vote every year. There's a lot of, well, I don't know where I'm supposed to go and blah, 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 blah. And it's like. Okay. Um, so I think people, because they don't understand what they're voting for and it's not the presidential election, they think it's far less severe. Yeah. Because they don't understand this whole like democracy checks and balances thing that the people who aren't the president also have power in what goes on. So you do you, you get the sense that more people that a lot of people don't recognize the fact that there's someone beyond the president that controls what happens in, in our government? To some extent, yes. Yes. Interesting. So as soon as you tell someone in specifically in Wisconsin, because we have Scott Walker up for election, who right. is our um the devil in a also suit. It's something interesting that ties into something we both love, which is Minnesota Wild Hockey. Did you know that Scott Walker and um, and Ryan Suter are like best friends? I am appalled by that statement. Yeah, I was not super. I excited. did not know that. I was not super excited to read that. Yeah, uh, Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter oh. moved into the neighborhood in Madison where the uh, the governor's mansion is, and like Scott Walker just comes over and like hangs out. I'm shook. <laughs> does that does that does that ruin hockey for you now? Well, it ruins Ryan Suter for me. I'm like so oh. sad. I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry to ruin this for you, and not just that, but Ryan Suter is an asshole. Heart hurts. He's really good. The good news is, and I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I don't think Zach Parisi is an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so you can continue to love him, but chances are, he probably is a Republican too. <laughs> yeah, these fucking white men. <laughs> white us Sorry, white. Can I uh, swear that just came out? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, oh, you you don't know you haven't been listening to my podcast. I swear a lot on these. Actually, I think so far oh. this is the least I've sworn on a podcast. What's Got great it. is I did a podcast with Heather last week that my kindergarten teacher listened to. And I and and I use the f word as a comma a lot of times, so that that was interesting for her to comment. She's like, "Oh, it was so great to hear those two voices. I was so excited." I was like, "Yeah, I really said the f word a lot in that episode, so it's something to be proud of." I did tell her though that she she can take comfort in the fact that I learned those words after she taught me. So after kindergarten, I I started swearing in the second grade. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what were we talking about? Oh, Scott Walker is Scott the Walker. devil. Yeah, but as soon as you tell someone here that he's on the ballot and that we could potentially get him out of his position of power, they're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to the polls. Sign me up. How do I do this? <laughs> and they honestly don't, I don't know if they even care who they're voting for on the other side, which is a little concerning, but like they right. hate him so much that they're willing to do this. <sighs> what, uh, so you're you're going to school in Wisconsin, so you're registered to vote in Wisconsin, correct? Correct. Yes. I have I could do an absentee ballot, but I've figured the past couple of years that Wisconsin needs as much help as they can get, so I'm gonna vote here. Okay. For as long as I can. So it looks like Scott Walker is up against a gentleman named Tony Evers. Correct. Do we know anything about him? Is he a, is he a good person? Is he someone that you want to vote for? Um, he has some more sway in public schools, and he has some knowledge about it. So I do have support for him in that arena. He was a superintendent of a school district. So, yes, he also – there's a lot of allegations surrounding him and, like, these – teachers who molested children or had child porn and like he didn't fire them from the school district or send them to jail or anything but he really doesn't have that power so there's like some um, speculation about that but well that doesn't sound awesome no it doesn't but I don't I think that it's a lot of propaganda and trying to make him sound like a horrible person okay more than he actually is so i'm i'm reading they're blaming things no go ahead for things that i don't think he had that much control over okay from my understanding so i am i'm I'm doing a quick google search here and and just kind of looking at uh what the polls are saying looks like uh scott walker is currently trailing in the polls by about five points so looks like uh that could be good for you guys yeah. Mhm. We uh I I am sure you're aware. Of course you know I live in Texas and you're probably aware that there's a big Senate race down here. Um mm-hmm. are you are is there a lot of buzz within the younger community about this uh this Beto O'Rourke guy? Not nothing that I know. Nothing no. that you know. Okay. Cuz he seems to be he seems to be real popular with like uh people outside of Texas like, you know, famous people and they're all talking about how everyone should support him. The problem is none of those people can vote here in Texas. Right. So it it gets to be frustrating. I I keep seeing people, Oh, you need to go and support this guy. It's like, that's awesome. But you don't live here. So it becomes a problem. That's, that's a problem when these, when these local elections get blown up on a national stage because they get a lot of recognition but they're being recognized by people that don't have any ability to do anything in that election other than give money. And he's raised like $38 million from outside of the state, which is just crazy. Mm. So so Wisconsin, Wisconsin is, uh, is Wisconsin an early voting state or can you guys only vote on Tuesday? Nope. There you've been able to vote throughout this past week also at the town hall here at least have you voted already 
I have not. I'm going to vote on Tuesday. You're going to vote on Tuesday. Okay. I voted uh, on this past Sunday. So my voting Good is already you. in. Um, was not my best day ever. Uh, I voted. Uh, ate sketchy Mexican food. Got sick. Uh, and the battery oh. and the battery on my car blew a cell and died, and the car wouldn't start at the polling place. So, um, really, my vote for Beto O'Rourke cost me a uh, a car battery. So, I'm expecting to, <sighs> I'm expecting a check in the mail from someone uh, about that because I went over and did that. What was interesting is, you know, I'm not quite sure that those two things are related. But you don't think there's a correlation? <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I'm. I'm a white guy, so I blame everyone for everything else. <laughs> nothing nothing could possibly be my fault. Definitely not. Oh no. I don't know if you know this about us, Libby, but us white guys, we got it all together. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> um So you're gonna vote on Tuesday. Uh and you you've said before that you've you've talked to people who you've said, do you have a plan? What's your plan? How are you getting there? That sort of stuff. Uh, have mm-hmm. you have you had people tell you that they don't really know what they want to do or how they want to vote, that you've you've kind of said, here's what you should look at, here's what you should do, and gotten a person to say, okay, I understand now and I want to vote? Yes. I have done that. Like, is, is it more than people that have said, I still don't care? Yes. Okay, because it's good. something that's really not that hard to right. do. Um, our polling places are all very local. You can walk there. Okay. And it's not snowing yet, so, you know, walking's not that bad <laughs> outside. But um, they have, they say, they say a lot of like, well, I don't know who's on the ballot, like I said, and how do I register? And so you just give them that information because these are facts. These are things, okay, so-and-so-and-so-and-so is on the ballot. Here's what you need to know about how to register. Here's the steps you need to take. And then let them do their own research if they choose to. And if they do their research an hour and a half before they vote, at least they voted, at least they did some research. Whether they research or not also, that's their prerogative. But at least they're voting doing their civil duty. Exactly. Now, I've I've read a story recently that said a new study has found that registration uh for young people between the ages of 18 and 29 in Wisconsin uh is up almost 6% since uh February 14th, which was the uh shooting in Parkland. Um is that it, are are things like the the shooting in Parkland things that get talked about on your campus, is that something that kids around you are worried about happening there? I don't know. I don't think people consider those things happening to them right? until it's even closer than that. So I haven't heard people saying that they're worried about a shooting here. No. But why not? Right. I mean, Wisconsin cheese, beer, and guns, basically, right? A hundred percent. You can get all three of them in a vending machine. <laughs> um, that's that's a great joke. I I that's 
you you got you got you threw me off track on that one. That was really good. I'm proud of you. I'm, I really you stole know, that one from my dad, so I'll credit Fred Eckhoff for that. Look, shout out to your dad. Uh, damn it, where did I I misclicked? See, this is what happens. I clicked off the wrong thing, and now I can't find. It. Uh, according to a survey conducted by the U.S. Census Bureau in 2016, young people ages 18 to 24 have had the lowest recorded registration and voter turnout of any age bracket. So I know that one of the things that um, some of the people that are part that have come out after Parkland is is to get these kids to vote and get them registered. the 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 thing that I'm interested in finding out is the 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 registration is up, but can you get people that will do more than be mad about something on social media or sign a petition or whatever. Can you actually get those people to show up and actually vote? That is a good point. So do you, do you think, do you, from what you've seen around you, do you think people are more likely to vote now than they were before? Potentially. Yes. Potentially. It's hard to say, really, because I would hope that if you're registered to vote in advance, that you would really be like, oh, it's in my calendar. I'm going to go vote on Tuesday. Right. But also, I know that that's not necessarily... Because in Wisconsin, you can vote or you can register to vote online 30 days prior to the election, Mm -hmm. and then they cut that off. And then if you haven't registered to vote, you have to register at the polling place, and it's kind of a nightmare. In what so way? I would hope. Like, it takes a really long time. Because I have to, like, To get through the lines oh, and to, do the to get paperwork. The and... Okay. But if you register online, it's real easy? It's easier, yeah. It's easier. Well, and as a student, you have to provide your proof of enrollment. Mm-hmm. Also, which is a statement you have to print off or show them or... So you have to be prepared. You have to know how to do it when you get there. Okay. So I'd hope if you went through all those steps to do it in advance, you would be gung-ho to go vote on day, on the day. So you're, you're voting on Tuesday. Are you planning on doing anything to help get other people to the voting booth? Are you participating in any sort of voter outreach sort of stuff? Or are you voting and then going to school and not worrying about it? I am not like involved in any organized voting outreach I would say but I have five roommates I've made sure they all know where to vote where to go I'm going to nag them and make sure they do it as well as peers I will ask pretty much everyone I see on Tuesday oh did you vote still open you can go until eight o'clock did you did you did you how about you um here's how you do it go so I do that I'm very annoying you're not annoying you're determined oh that's a nice way of putting it uh so i know that i've sent you some of the stuff that i I might want to bring up in advance and you actually made this point earlier that because it wasn't a presidential election that people weren't sure what to vote for and i was watching an interview with a guy named billy eichner recently who's uh, an actor and a comedian uh he's leading a project called glam up the midterms and basically, oh. he's he's trying to get young people engaged in the voting process. And he noted that one of the frustrations that young voters had pointed out to them was that when Hillary Clinton 
was running for president. She actually had the most votes but lost the election. And having to try to explain the electoral college uh, to people is difficult. And that explaining to them that, yes, the electoral college was part of the presidential election, but the electoral college isn't something that's part of the midterms and isn't a reason to not vote. <laughs> First of all, what do you think about them saying that? And is that have you heard similar things like that? I haven't heard that, but I think that that's a very interesting perspective that I hadn't thought to bring up to people because I have family members and I know people who won't who won't vote because of the electoral college. They just think it's a crack of shit, which it really. I get why it's there, but it is me. But um. it was it was a very great model on how to get on how to vote for someone when you had to send telegrams and uh, ride on horses for hundreds of miles and, you know, li- everyone lived on farms and you weren't able to communicate with each other in an instant. Right, exactly. As well as it needs to be looked at again and the electoral college votes need to be potentially redistributed because they're inaccurate as it stands now. Yeah. We... But... No, go ahead. Uh, it's important for people to understand that their vote does count. I think that that is a motivating perspective to provide to someone who thinks, "Mm, well, the Electoral College is going to count for my vote anyway, so I might as well not. Yeah, for sure. And especially a person's vote counts even more in in a midterm election when people are less likely to come out and also you're looking at a lot of more localized races like your city your city council person or um, your state representatives those races can come down to you know a deciding of 10 or 15 votes like in that yeah. in that case like your vote does matter like it matter it it really matters and the fact that people talk about you know, America being the greatest country in the world and all this sort of stuff. One of the things that makes America great is the fact that we have the opportunity to overthrow our government every two years, and it's with an election. We don't have to shoot people. We can go to the voting booth and use our voting power to change what's going on in our country. And the problem is we get apathetic to what's going on around us, and we don't make those changes you look at some of these old people that are part of running our country i don't know if you did this but i watched a lot of those kavanaugh hearings and watching those old motherfuckers stumble through their words and try to have and having young people behind them tell them oh no this is what you gotta say like why are 85 year old people dictating what's happening with our country and another thing that i would say to anyone that is concerned about what's happening with their voters undecided on who to vote for why would you allow an electorate of old people people the people in the midterm elections most likely to vote are those 65 and older do people that are 65 and older have the same thought processes in terms of the long-term future of our country as someone your age or someone my age no they don't give a shit about what happens in 10 or 15 years. They're not going to be here. They're voting about 
They're voting for who is going to do for something for them right now. They don't care about what happens with climate change. They don't care. They don't care about any of that shit. All they want to do is make sure that no one takes away their social security and that someone's trying to keep the Mexicans away from them. Like literally that shit doesn't matter. So we have to get everyone to realize that going out and voting is important. Amen to that. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk about um, is another super light subject, racism. It's an issue that's uh, in some ways still the elephant in the room uh, that no one wants to deal with. And honestly, I kind of thought by now we would start to see like a decline in racism as like, you know, older people start to go away that were part of segregation and part of of that older age. And that as younger Americans started to rise up, we'd start to see less racism. And I don't, and I don't know it. Maybe it's not more racism, but it's certainly, there certainly is a vocal portion of young people that are not shy about, about their racism. I think that racism, obviously, is still alive and well in our country today. However, it has morphed. It's changed its form. And there's the, huge, the biggest problem is that it's institutionalized. It's, it's built into the way our country works. And white people, in particular, do not see that that is the way it is. And I would be so extreme as to say if you are benefiting from the system as it is today because you are white you are benefiting from racism which therefore to some extent makes you a racist and that's a very extreme standpoint but you have to acknowledge that you're benefiting from the system that's been set up to hurt and oppress other people and do you see do you see those those things happening where you're at? Like, are you, are you, how are you seeing, or I shouldn't say how, what are you seeing in your life right now that is, is helping you in a disproportionate way? For example, lacrosse is a very white place. Also, there's less than 10% diversity on our campus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came here, I honestly had a little bit of culture shock. I was like, well, like, why are there so many white people? Like, where is everyone else? And it's kind of uncomforting to think that this is what some people think of as normal. Right. This is what normal looks like to them. Everyone's like me. Everyone looks like me. Um, I'd say a way that I'm personally benefiting from the system would be that I have the benefit of getting more resources. People don't overlook my application for a job because they can easily pronounce my first name Elizabeth. They don't look at me when I walk in and say, oh my gosh, what does this person need? They look at me and they're ready to help me. In addition, when I'm taking a standardized test and I have to check my race, I feel comfortable checking my race as white or Caucasian. Whereas 
research shows that when you have to select your race on the standardized test and you are a student of color, you will perform more poorly on that test had you not had to check that box. Because they're reminding you that you're less than. Why does that information matter at all? Yeah, I... It's. I think it matters in the fact that it's how people. That's how they separate us. You know, it's the easiest. The easiest way to keep a peop to keep people controlled is to find ways to separate them first. You know, you cull the herd. So if we're all one people and we all work together for common good, because you're never gonna have a hundred percent of the people that agree with a hundred percent of everything. It's just that that just would never work in a in a, especially in a country our size we have over 300 million people in this country you're never going to find 100% of the right answers for 100% of the people that that's not possible but if you have a if you have a collective good of people that are trying to move in a positive direction and do things the easiest way to break people up and keep them from realizing how big businesses and corporations and all this stuff are fucking us every single day is to get them to fight amongst themselves. And the easiest way that you can do that is you find the things that are different about them and then tell them why they should be scared of those differences. And Or even just reminding them that they're different from each other is yeah. enough. That will do enough because it creates that barrier. And at and our at our base level, like evolution has not we have not evolved beyond like our pack mentality and a you know our, our gang mentality where we're all wanting to be, you know, people naturally gravitate to people that look like them and people that act like them. And that's not necessarily uh, a learned skill in some ways. That's just like a base part of our brain, like something that's in our DNA subconsciously. Like we're way down, way down deep is this thing of like gravitating towards the people that, you know, you're like, and they people will use that as a way to separate people out and then treat people differently and i think i think some of the reason why we're seeing more vocal racism from white people is there are white people that are scared that they're not going to be the top of the food chain anymore mhm they feel like they're losing something because things are on their way not even it's not even happening yet, but that there's this idea that things at some point will be spread out more evenly. They're afraid that they're losing something because someone else is gaining access to something they should have had this entire time. I just this notion that we're the greatest country in the world is just such a farce. It just blows my mind that people fall for this propaganda bullshit. What's even funnier to me is the people that will stand up and shout about other countries and how they use propaganda to control their citizens, all this stuff. I was like, <laughs> do you motherfuckers watch the news? Do you like, do you not realize how like, oh, just it baffles my mind how fucking stupid people are. Um, it hurts my heart. Are, are friends of yours passionate about the American democracy? Like, do they care really about, you know, that this experiment that is America is kind of crumbling a little bit? Honestly, I really don't see that in my peers. Yeah. That they give a damn. 
Hmm. And it's a little terrifying. Yeah. But so, also, like, let it crumble. Yeah. It's clearly I'm, not working. Well, I don't... I think, I think that there's flaws in the system. I think that it can work. I think the problem is there's so much money in this country and there's so much money in politics that they have allowed money to be the most important factor. I think the easiest way to fix things in this country would be to eliminate all money from politics. <laughs> right. If you eliminate... If you eliminate the financial benefit of becoming a politician, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to get people that are like teachers, that do it not because they're going to make money, but in spite of the fact that they're going to make money because they can make a difference. We have too many politicians in this world that do, that are politicians because it's a good gig. And I think that's true to some extent of those really high up, very powerful or pseudo very powerful politicians. Mm -hmm. But to some extent, like the state lobbyists and people who are lower in politics, they're not rich. They're not making a ton of money by any means. No, not at all. There are people that get into local government that are wanting to do things to make things better. Like Nikki's dad. Nikki's dad was a mayor of a small town in northern Minnesota. And he did it for a couple years, and it was a lot of work, and it was a lot of stress, and he got out of it, and he continued to pay attention to what was going on in this city, and he didn't like what was happening, and he didn't think there was anyone that was making an attempt to make things better, and the people that were putting their hats in the ring to be mayor again, he didn't think would do anything, and so then he was like, fuck it, I guess I have to do it again. And so, like, he took it upon himself to then become active in the city again. And so you do get people like that that are trying to honestly make a difference and make things better. But you also get people that go into national politics that want to do it because they see it as an opportunity to either have influence, have power, make money. Right. And this is not and this is not a Republican or a Democrat thing. This is on all sides of the aisle because there's a, there are some very shitty democratic politicians. And I'm not one of these thing I'm not one of these people that says everything that Republicans do is bad and everything that that Democrats do is good because that's not true. I also right. am very worried about the fact that we have that our partisanship has has become so great that there's no compromise anymore. We've lost our ability to compromise and to have civil discussions and civil disagreements. And you also never can have a you rarely have a conversation with someone and point things out to them and then have them go, "Oh, you know, I've not really ever thought about it like that. Maybe I'll come to your side of things." We I have gone to multiple speeches by the same man about how to talk about politics without losing your friends. I'll just send it to you. It's great. And one of the key things that he says is we as individuals listen not to listen, but we listen to respond. We sit there and we listen to what the other person is saying, but while they're talking, we think about what we're going to tell them. And another thing that he says is you have to listen actively to that person, find a common ground and move from there. Because you can have two people that are disagreeing on, say, 
Hillary Clinton, for example. One person thinks, okay, I support her, I'm going to vote for her. And the other person is over here, she should be in jail, she's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. Right, but you can find common ground in, yes, she has made mistakes. But this is where I think that this is a worthwhile candidate. Right. And so we as individuals, how do, as individuals, can we expect politicians to find common ground if we can't even do it ourselves? We can't have a discussion. Yep. It's a trouble. It's a troubling time, Libby Lou. I know. So a couple things. We're gonna we're gonna end on something fun that you don't know about yet. But before we do that, um, Nikki, I asked Nikki, you know, if you had Libby or someone Libby's age, uh, or you know, on and having a conversation with them, what what are some of the things that you would want to ask? And one of the things that she wanted to ask is, do you do you feel hopeful at all? Do you or is it do, do you do you see any hope, or are you just worried that things are just going to keep getting worse? I have to take it day by day. Some days I feel absolutely hopeless about this shithole country and that everything is going to burn and we're all going to die in 25 years because of global warming. Right. On other days, I look into the eyes of my students. They tell me they like the way I smell and that my sweater is fuzzy and I have hope. So really, it's day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, how I feel about things changes. I couldn't give you an overall, yes, I have hope. No, I don't have hope. You're just taking it one day at a time. But I definitely, I'd say I guess I have to I'd have to say, underlying, there is a sense of hope because I know I can't give up. Um, changing people's minds, telling people, giving them resources, leading them the way to knowledge. I'd say if I was really hopeless, I wouldn't be doing any of that. Yeah, I I think that's a that's a really good that's a really good way to look at things and. It's, I, I, I don't ever remember a time where it's felt like there's less hope going forward and maybe not less hope, but our future as a country was more uncertain and there's, there's, there's such a, there's such a divide between people and it's frustrating because I mean, many, many smarter people have said this than myself, but there are far more things that unite that unite us as Americans that than divide us, and if we spent a little more time focusing on the good stuff instead of the bad stuff, we'd all be a lot better off. Definitely. I think I also say this a lot to my peers: is there's a difference between complaining and venting. Complaining, you're you're just you do it all the time. You're bitching about something but you're not looking for a solution and you're not viewing the positives in your life additionally i think that you have to you have to be constructive otherwise you can't do anything you have to look for what you can do instead of dwelling on what you cannot do what you can't change well i don't know i think those those are all really good points and i think We'll move. We'll 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 do some fun stuff and and wrap this stuff up because I've I've kept you on here for a while and I I really can't thank you enough for 
for coming on and, and being open and honest and, and wanting to talk about all these important things. And, and, um, hopefully someone will, will hear this and maybe think about things a little bit differently. Maybe some people that listen to this that are older will realize that, you know, millennials actually have things to say and have opinions on stuff and would like to be involved in the process. You know, maybe if, maybe if older people were a little bit more open and inviting and said, Hey, why don't we bring in some of these younger folks to hear what they have to say and, you know, balance that out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Could making us sit at the kids table at Thanksgiving, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> <sighs> who knows. But anyway, um, let's, let's do a couple fun things before we go. Um, one of the things that we do on this podcast now, it's a recurring bit that we have. Um, and it's called the list. And basically the list is you have, obviously you have a significant other at this point. You have, you know, you have your boyfriend and there's a thing that, that some people talk about where they have a list of people that they, you know, it's uh, usually it's famous people where it wouldn't be cheating on my spouse if it was, (laughs) if it was from this list of people. So and maybe maybe you younger folks don't do this yet, but as you start to get older, these are the things that you think about when you think about you know wanting to have sex with someone other than the person that you're married to. So, do you who would make Libby's list? Shit. Um. If you were if you were having a conversation, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on your boyfriend's name, uh, Matt. Matt, if you and Matt were having a conversation, cool. and Matt was like, "You can have a hall pass," with, you know, this, you know, I'm I'm giving you the opportunity to submit a list of five people that you can have a hall pass five. with. Well, it's a top five. We're making a list, you know. You, why have just one person? When I mean, as long as we're making shit up, why why just pick one person? You know, you gotta have options. If you if you only put one person on the list, uh, what are the chances that you run into that one person in the world? You know, you give yourself options. Okay, that's a. There's just so many options. Right. Okay. Well, you that's just, in Timberlake you, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've seen that. Question. I've seen that man in concert multiple times. I mean, I'm not saying that I would go gay for him, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Right, given the opportunity. Also, I'm I'm aware that that uh, the the guy packs heat, so I might be a little scared. But oh, I mean, they call him a tripod for a reason. Oh my god. <laughs> um. I'm so I'm so ex- I'm so more. looking I'm so looking forward to my dad hearing this conversation. Oh my gosh. Shout out Brian. What's happening, dad? <laughs> you don't have to pick four more, but if you got a couple more, you know, Justin Timberlake, I mean, are you a Chris Pratt girl? Are you a 
uh, Chris Hemsworth girl? Are you a Dwayne the Rock Johnson girl? I mean, these are older people, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know who the young like. Are you a Jonas Brothers person? Like, do you do you want? I was ha- kind of thinking Nick Jonas. You want, I was. <laughs> you want like one or more than one of the Jonas Brothers at the time? Like that no, would be just, just that one. That would be an interesting just question to ask your significant other. Like, if it's a like well, a, and the a thing famous, is, we've definitely talked about it, right? To some extent, we'd be like watching a movie, and I'm like, oh yep, yep, that one. But I can't like think of any of those people off the top of my head because I'm horrible with like famous people and names and music, <laughs> and I cannot. My brain doesn't hold that information. Okay, well, we'll put. Uh, so we'll those put, will have to be my two. I can't think of any more. We'll put Justin Timberlake and Nick Jonas at the top of Libby's list. So that's the end of the list portion of this program. Let's uh, all give a, a round of applause. So the last thing that we're going to do is uh, a bit that I've stolen from one of my favorite TV shows uh, is, is a show called Inside the Actor's Studio. And he sits around and he asks questions and talks to famous people about acting and that sort of stuff. And then he asks them 10 questions uh, from a French TV show. Uh, hosted by a gentleman named Bernard Pivo. And it's famously now known as the Pivo Questionnaire. And it's just 10 simple questions. And uh, I'll ask you the questions and you just, uh, you know, give the simple answers. It's, it's real easy. And so, Libby, the, the first question I ask you is, what is your favorite word? Serenity. Solid. That's, that's a good one. Uh, what is your least favorite word? Mm. Any of the offensive words. Any of the N-words. Okay. The R word. As we move as we move further and further along in, in our lifetimes, those those word that, that list of words becomes more extensive. Yes, it does. Uh what uh what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Good lighting. Good lighting? Aesthetic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what turns you off? Um, hmm. Annoying people chewing gum. No. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck or dick. Okay. That's fuck is always I feel like fuck is like one of the best and most versatile words words in the entire English language. Yeah, you can use it as anything. Exactly. What sound or noise do you love? Rain. What sound or noise do you hate? Like a food fork scraping on a plate. Ooh. Like I'm cringing just thinking yeah. about it. That's, that's one of those that gives you like the douche chills. Yeah, exactly. What profession, other than your own when you become a teacher, would you like to attempt? Ooh, definitely hobby farming. Hobby farming? Nice. What profession would you not like to do? Um, um, accounting. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny because Nikki just got her accounting degree. Um, <laughs> and, and lastly... <laughs> The last question that this uh, this questionnaire asks is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Shit, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's a great answer. All right. Well, 
I think uh, at that point we will uh, we'll wrap up this episode of Just Another White Guys podcast. Of course, I've been joined by my sister. It's just easier to just say she's my sister because really that's what she is. Biologically, that doesn't matter. None of that shit matters. It's all about the love and uh, the relationships and and uh, all that fun stuff that we've cultivated over this last period of time and. This is usually a part of the show where I would throw in some mushy stuff, but let's not get emotional at the end of this podcast. We've 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 dragged the people through an emotional roller coaster of politics and uh, a brief snippet of racism that maybe we don't need to to bore them with all that. But needless to say, I thank you uh, for your time and being on the podcast. If people want to get a hold of you on social media, maybe they have questions for you. Maybe they found you to be interesting. How might people go about doing that? They can follow me on. Um um, what's that called? Instagram or Twitter. My handle is just my name, Libby Eckhoff. And we will link that in the uh, whatever you call whatever the thing is, the information on the bottom of the page uh, <laughs> for the podcast. You would think that after like fifty some of these, I would know the words to say. Uh, but anyway. That's it. That's it for this episode of Just Another Why Guys Podcast. Thank you so much for Libby uh, being on and talking about all the good stuff. Now, remember, this is going up Sunday night, uh, so you can hear it before the midterm elections. We're also going to have another podcast this week uh, right after the elections uh, wrap up when they start calling some races. Uh, myself and Nikki will jump on and record a little podcast that we'll throw up for you guys to listen to Wednesday morning. So lots of stuff coming uh, for this week on Just Another Why Guys podcast, so you definitely want to stay tuned. But that's it for right now. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Hey, Ty, who's your favorite person? Only Dustin. Fucking right. Too much. Oh, 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 too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much.